Greetings. Welcome to Hear Her Sports. I am your host, Elizabeth Emery. We are up and running again after a nice, long, slash, extended late summer break. Newsletter readers know I broke a finger in July, and for a good number of weeks, it was really difficult to get anything done. So, big break for the break. And if you aren't getting the newsletter, you should be. Sign up at hearhersports.com. I'm now back to it, and wow, do I have some fun and surprising conversations with lovely female athletes ready to get out to you. I never like to tease episodes, but do stay tuned because there are some whoppers coming. And of course, thank you for being here, for returning or finding this podcast anew, and of course, for being one of the listeners learning from my guests. For this week's episode, I knew as soon as I talked to Jaden McKinney that she'd be the perfect guest to start us back up again. She is only 15 years old, a high school senior, so very much the new generation of female athletes coming up. Talking to Jaden filled me with hope. She's so strong, smart, focused, curious, happy to be aggressive and competitive, and ready to tackle hard stuff. Hope feels like a nice place to start 12 months of episodes, and I'd like to see that theme carrying through for all of us throughout the year. As you will hear, Jaden is well aware of what she has gained by training with and competing against mostly boys, but is also aware of what she's missed out on by not having female teammates or more all-girl tournaments. Jaden has been wrestling for 15 years. She is a two-time Ohio high school state champion, which makes her the only athlete to win back-to-back state championships for her high school. And even though she's the only girl on her high school team, she is one of the team captains. She is currently ranked 16th in the country at 135 pounds and has won multiple national and state titles. Jaden's story is part of a bigger picture. In 2022, the Ohio High School Athletic Association officially sanctioned girls wrestling and in the following year held the first state championships for high school female wrestlers. Jaden won that event in her weight class. For a few years before the official sanctioned girls' state championships, the girls competed in state championship tournaments put on by Ohio High School Wrestling Coaches Association. Jaden won that event in 2022. High school girls' wrestling is growing fast throughout the U.S., so many states are catching on and officially sanctioning the sport and holding championships. The story about Ohio's first sanctioned girls' wrestling season and first championships was filmed. The current working title of that project is Wrestle Her. You can follow them on Instagram at WrestleHer underscore. And a big thank you to Jesse Lee, who was part of that film crew, for connecting me to Jaden. I must have told Jaden three times that I'm her new biggest fan, and I am. What a dynamo. Please share the episode with any youngsters you know, because she is definitely an inspiration. And take motivation from her yourself, whatever your age. I am totally ready to step up my competitive spirit and develop a good game face, just like Jaden. Well, let's get to it. Well, hello, Jaden. This is absolutely fantastic to have you here. I am just unbelievably excited. And thank you so much for doing this. Thank you for having me. I am so excited to share stories. And you're a seven-time All-American, a two-time Ohio State champ. You're ranked 16th in the country in your weight division, and you're just in high school. Like, wow. Yep, those are those are the stats. It's kind of wild. Can't believe it myself. But 
happy to be where I'm at. How did you get started? And you started really young, right? Yeah, I started when I was four, but my dad was a coach when I was little. He used to coach for our opposing team, which our school doesn't really like. So I was on the side of the mat in a baby carrier. And I've just been around it my whole life. And when I was four, I was like, Dad, let me let me wrestle with the boys. And he was kind of hesitant at first, um, but he got me my first pair of shoes and a little pink headgear and sent me out there and loved it ever since. Yeah, what, what was it that hooked you? It's just like the aggressiveness of all of it, and it's like just nonstop, you're always going. And, I mean, I was just a little tomboy and still am when I grew up. And it's just a sport. You either love it or hate it, and you know it from the first time you step on the mat. And it was just like an instant addiction. I love that you mentioned aggression because it's just so interesting to talk to female athletes about that word and like what it means to them. So what does that mean to you? What does being aggressive mean to you? (laughs) If you're not aggressive in the sport of wrestling, you're not going to go very far. It like teaches you how to be aggressive in other aspects of life, too, to get what you want um, and to make it far. But on the mat, you just have to have a strong mental mindset. And you also just have to be aggressive in like <laughs> the way you're wrestling because you just can't be all soft and girly out there. You just got to really <laughs> rough them up especially when you're wrestling boys. Yeah, yeah. So how have you seen that aggression translate to other places outside the mat? Well, um, I used to play football when I was little, so like it just transferred right off of wrestling to football. And like I remember this one ref said sometime, hey, you got to tell that, that little boy with the blonde hair hanging out of his helmet to really calm down. He's too aggressive out there. And my dad goes, yeah, I'll tell her to calm down. And he goes, oh, it's a girl. Just let her keep going. And like in school, if you're not aggressive and you don't speak up for what you want, you're not going to, you're not going to get the good grades you want. You're not going to make it really far. You just got to, I don't know. (laughs) I'm impressed that at your age, sort of you're aware of being aggressive and not just on the mat, but in classroom in terms of like speaking up and and stuff like that. Yeah, I definitely had to learn to, to speak my mind and to say how I'm feeling. Because if you don't, then things can go bad. So my mom's and my dad have been like instilling that in me since I was young. Mm -hmm. Speak up. You mentioned when we were talking about doing this podcast that there are a bunch of things that you learned in wrestling that are really important for the rest of your life. And you just mentioned the one, the being aggressive. What are the other ones? This is one of the hardest sports in the world, personally. I mean, it's the the mental toughness that you have to learn. It's the ability to overcome challenges um, and injuries really fast and you learn how to adapt to situations. You learn how to, I mean, in different ways, you learn how to like starve and still compete to your best of ability. And it's just, 
a whole bunch of different things that you learn in wrestling that you can't learn in other sports, I feel like. That's cool. Uh, I want to talk about some of that, that stuff, but you mentioned getting injured. What kind of injuries have you had? Oh, I've had quite a few. I'm a shoulder injury sufferer, so um, <laughs> it's a lot of pop your shoulder out, My go over to the corner of a mat, my dad pops it back in, and then I finish the match. Um, but last year... What? Wait, 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 wait. <laughs> Tell me more about that one. <laughs> um, so, like, my dad had weak shoulders, and I guess I contracted them, too. Um, so, like, I'm a little, like, girls are a little bendier than boys, so they, like, shove your elbows and things over the back of your neck, and it just kind of just, like, pops your shoulder out. So you got to learn how to go over, circle your arm around, and it'll pop it back in socket, or you have to do it a little forcefully. And my dad thinks he's a doctor, so he pops it back in, sends me back out, and then <laughs> finish the match. That sounds painful. Yeah, it's definitely not fun, but you got to do what you got to do. Right, right. All right, so you were talking about other injuries, and I interrupted you. Well, like last year, I had definitely probably one of the worst injuries. Um, I broke my foot, like my ankle during soccer. And it was a long, long, long rehab. And I still had to play soccer on my broken foot. And that carried over into the wrestling season. So I only got to wrestle, I think, like 15 matches before the state championship, still on a broken ankle. <laughs> and wrestled. Oh, wow. Yeah. So it's just like the mental toughness that you learn. Like if you if you want the state championship, you gotta wrestle on your broken ankle, or you can sit. So it's just a mental yeah. game. Yeah. How do you, how do you train mentally, or do you train in a specific way, or does it just come from practice? Um. So my coach makes us read read books, and the, all the boys get a different book, and I get this one like. It's something about female athletes, and there's, like, a whole bunch of good chapters, and it's a soccer player talking about how she, like, overcomes her injuries and just mental challenges, and that's one way he teaches us, like, mental toughness, but he also prioritizes mental toughness and, like, just mental well-being, because if you're not well mentally, you're not going to be a good wrestler, so that's one of his main priorities and then also just in practice, when you're you're crying, you're bleeding, you're sweating, you're starving, he just keeps you going. That's cool. Yeah. You mentioned that you are one of the few, if not the only girl, and you played football, and I'm sure you were the only girl on that team. You know, what's it been like? It's been really hard. I just never connected with a lot of girls when I was young, because I was always kind of just rough and tough, either like <laughs> riding dirt bikes, playing in the mud, playing football, wrestling. So boys were like my best friends when I was little. And some of them didn't like take to me so well, but then others I just built like a lifetime friendship with. Especially they were haters when we were like playing like a game at practice and they had to go against me and I ended up beating them. So it was like 
they built like a mutual respect and then we became friends off of that or sometimes they just didn't like me at all (laughs) yeah boys often don't like if girls beat them yeah not a fan (laughs) what you said about you know like not getting along with other girls I mean one of the things that I've learned doing the podcast is, you know, there are tons of women who, you know, are sporty and interested in that kind of life and are aggressive, all that stuff that you talked about, you know, you may not live close to them, but they are, they are out there. So that was one of the big bonuses of doing this podcast when I first started. Yeah. Like, especially like when you travel out of States, like go to different wrestling tournaments, you meet girls like that. And it's like, finally, my people. (laughs) That's, yeah, that's awesome. And now you guys have an Ohio High School Athletic Association state championship. I mean, what is it? What did that mean when that happened for you? It's like the whole meaning of the sport shifted because we were never wrestling for an OHSAA title. We were just wrestling for um, the OHSWCA, which is like a coaches association. And being at the shot and competing with the boys is unlike anything like the Ohio state tournament is like, is the epitome of all wrestling, even around the other States. They know that the Ohio state tournament is one of the biggest and the baddest that you could ever be a part of. And just to know that I could possibly walk out of that tunnel someday and get my hand raised at the shot. It was just wild when it all came true and especially while I was still in school and was able to experience it. Yeah, and so you won this year or last year, right? And then you are you have another shot for your senior year, is that correct? Yep. And are there national championships? Yeah, there. there's a lot of national championships, but not a lot for folk-style wrestling. Um, so Fargo is like one of the biggest ones, but I have had to miss every year. I'm just not a freestyle wrestler. So I was never really interested in going there, but there's been like folk style nationals in like Oklahoma and stuff. There's also a couple like Viper Pit. There's a whole bunch of tournaments. I can't even name them all. (laughs) This might be a good minute for us to introduce the sport a little bit. So, you know, since you mentioned those two styles, you know, maybe for us that don't know about wrestling very well, explain a little bit about how it works. Um, so folk style, you're, you have three two minute periods. It depends what grade you're in high school. I think it's two minutes. I don't know about the younger ages. First round, you're on your feet, um, shake hands and you're wrestling from there. It's not about throws or anything like that. So two point takedown, um, you, it's so hard to explain wrestling because it's just it's such a weird sport. Like in the second period, you do like flip a coin. It's red or green. Um, and the wrestlers are marked red or green. They get their points. That's how they like mark it on the, the little score table. Um, so the wrestler can choose top, bottom, or neutral. If you're on bottom, you put your hands and your knees over this line and you get ready for Get ready for a lot of pain when you're on the bottom, unless you get out. Um, Top, you're obviously covering the bottom wrestler, um, looking for turns, takedowns, um, 
and how freestyle differs from that. Freestyle, every time you get back exposure, you get two points. So once you break a 90 degree, two points, two points, two points. But the weird thing about folk style is you can get a five point throw or you could sex someone in like 15 seconds by just rolling and rolling and rolling. Um, so it's a lot different from folk style. So other than that one that you just explained, how else do you get points in the folk style? Um, folk style is a lot of technical wrestling. It's shots. You can have some throws, but you're not going to get a four-point throw. Um, so like one of my favorites is just like a head and arm. Um, throw them, you get your two points, and then usually out of a head and arm, you can stick them there. So once they count one, two, three, and their shoulders touch, you get like five points from the count. And then um, once your shoulders touch, that's a pin. Um, so you get up, get your hand raised, and you win. But like when you're like on top and bottom, um, you have to, every time you do a new move, you have to like break your lock and show them um, to get another another couple points added. Um, so you can tech people in folk style and stuff, but it's just a lot more work than it is in freestyle. Right, right. Do you have a signature move? I am a head and arm girl. My dad hates the move, um, but he said, I think you've truly mastered this move, so go on and hit it. Nice. Yeah. We were talking about how the Ohio High School Athletic Association officially sanctioned girls wrestling. Have you seen an impact on your team on more women, you know, women and girls getting into the sport, more interest? I mean, like, what have you seen since it has been officially sanctioned? Well, personally, there's there's still a team of one on my Manchester team. I just don't think any girls are really interested in my school. Um, but I know schools that are, like, closer to me and just around the state, they have had just, like, an influx of women um, and sometimes even their own personal women's team just wanting to wrestle, wanting to learn the sport. And it's really cool to see. Do you get people coming to watch? Um, not really, because all of our tournaments are kind of like an hour, two hour away from my house. Um, but all of my friends, if there's a live stream, they kind of all go to one person's house and they watch, which is funny. Um, but if a match is close enough, some people come to watch. It depends. Depends who it is. I love that they go watch this, the live stream. That's awesome. Yeah, supportive. <laughs> yes, exactly. Are you planning to go to college for wrestling? I am planning to go to college for wrestling. Um, it's, it's like serving a sentence for four years, but if I if I can go to school and not have to pay as much money, going to serve that sentence, going to grind it out for four years. Um, hopefully just want to go somewhere warm like the Carolinas or Florida. It doesn't sound like you're excited about wrestling in college. <laughs> no, because wrestling in college is all freestyle. Um, uh, yeah. And I'm not, okay. yeah, not a freestyle fan, but uh, if I have to learn, learn the ways I will. But I know the NCAA was talking about making it folk style. I don't know if that's going to happen. Do you not like it? Because you just haven't been doing it, or is there something specific that you like actively don't enjoy? Um, I don't enjoy the way they do like parterre, which is like you're like literally laying flat on your stomach trying not to get turned. I'm a leg wrestler, so when we're on top and bottom, that's 
mainly how I get all my points and how I break a lot of wrestlers mentally because they just can't get out of my legs. And you can't can't ride legs in freestyle. It's just about big throws and just not a fan. Hmm. Yeah, that's okay. Love running? Then be sure to tune in to the Women's Running Stories podcast, which features first-person stories about running, told by the women who experienced them. All episodes are hosted by my good friend and colleague, Cherie Turner. She's an avid runner, so really knows her stuff. She told Hear Her Sports about her first time running the 56-mile Hilly Comrades Marathon in episode 131. A new addition to Women's Running Stories is race report episodes. Each race report highlights one top 10 finisher in a major race, telling the story of how it all went down from her perspective. It's a great and unique way to get an inside look at elite level running, the training, strategy, race day execution, and life as a top competitor. Episodes now post weekly, so subscribe on your favorite podcast player to stay up to date. Find out more at womensrunningstories.com. Greetings from Evergreen Podcasts. We're rolling out a listener survey, and we want to hear from you. The information in the survey will help us gather statistics and in turn make our shows more appealing to advertisers. I know most people don't like ads, but this is one of the only ways our shows make money and help keep their lights on. We promise it will only take a few minutes, but the impact on our podcasts will be tremendous. As a token of our appreciation, we'll randomly select one lucky participant each month to win an exclusive merchandise package from Evergreen Podcasts. Head to evergreenpodcast.com slash listener survey to help a show and possibly get some free stuff for doing so. We can't thank you enough for the support. Now back to the show. Now let's get back to our conversation with high school wrestler phenom Jaden McKinney and hear about her training. So let's talk a little bit about your training. Where in the season are you right now and what kind of practices have you been having? Or are you in soccer season? Yep, so currently right now I'm in soccer season. But every Sundays I go to a CrossFit gym with my coach and we we do a little workout and we roll out some mats just to keep my skills on point and just to knock off the rest a little bit. Um, just like starting to starting to get moving a little bit. Right. And once practices start, like, tell me about them. Like, what happens during practice? Oh, the practice is just two hours of fun. Not at all. Um, So we usually start with, like, a two-mile run um, around the hallways. Then we get in the room, um, stretch a little. Then we get to shots, shots, hand fighting, um, just working on our little skills that we do every day. Then our coach comes in, shows a couple moves that we drill. Um, after the drills, we do like situationals. So like one person's on a single leg or one person has like a cradle or something and you like wrestle and move out of those positions. And then after that, sometimes we have like 10 minute Tuesdays where you're live wrestling for 10 minutes. Um, so we have like theme days of the week, but it's hard work. It's really hard. <laughs> And you're practicing with the boys, right? Yep. 
I'm practicing with the boys, um, and I wrestle with these twins who both made it to this, or one made it to states last year. One was like an alternate. So they're, they're tough partners. Um, so they're great to work with, but it can get a little, a little hard at times. Have there been any workouts that your coach asked you guys to do that you're like, oh my goodness, what? <laughs> this every time. I, I love giving a good, are you serious right now? Like, are you joking? Um, so we do this thing where we, so our walls are like kind of narrow. So we do like a sprint in a 90 degree room. We're doing down and back one in, um, so you go down and touch the wall in five seconds. Then you do two and 10 then three and 24. And then, um, I think it's, you just like keep going up from there and then you have to count it back down. And if not, everyone makes it, you just do it and do it and do it again till everyone, till everyone makes it. That's always my least favorite part of practice because it doesn't matter what weight you are. It doesn't matter how fast you are. You make it as a team. Then that's how you learn to like pick each other up and just to keep going. That's just like the really hard part of practice. Or he makes up dumb drills where you like drag each other down the mat and then pick them up like a fireman's and just run around with them. It's weird. (laughs) So one of the things that you mentioned earlier was about being hungry and still practicing. Can you describe like the weight categories and you know, like how that works and maybe talk about making weight and weighing in and, you know, like whatever you want to talk about. All right. Um, so there's like, I think the girl's weight starts at 101 and it goes to about like two, two, I think it's like 230s heavyweight. Um, from there, it's like broken up. So 101 goes to like 106. 106, 108, leave it there. I'm at 135, so the weight classes right around me are 120, 125, 130, 135, so it goes up like fives. And how do you choose which weight class to be in? So some girls, either their coach makes them suck a lot of weight, or some coaches tell them to like, if you're wrestling where you at, where you are, and what you're weighing and walking around at, you're going to be lifting and you're going to be you're going to be wrestling hard because there's going to be girls that are dropping from 140 to get to 135. So it's it's just a it's just a a game that you play. The idea being that your your real weight and strength is based at 140, but for the competition you drop down to 135, and so you're stronger than everybody else. Yeah, that's. I I have not been dropping the last couple years. I've kind of just been wrestling what I'm walking around at um, because girls tend to dodge. So some girls drop, but my my plan is to lift and be stronger than the girls at 140. Um, that's my coach's plan as well. So as long as we're we're the same strength as the girls that are dropping to 140, at least we're not starving. Yeah, I mean that sounds like it's healthier yeah it definitely is also mentally more healthy yeah it it makes makes practices and makes my life a little easier not having to suck so much weight because when you when you're practicing in three hoodies and two pairs of sweatpants it sucks even more Uh, especially when you go home and all you have to eat is chicken and rice (laughs) every day of every week it's not fun 
Well, it's also important for girls your age to be eating appropriately. It definitely. And that's what my coach had to learn because the boys, the boys can lose weight. They can drop like 10 pounds at a practice while girls, they have a naturally higher body fat percentage and they need to keep that in order to be healthy and have normal cycles and everything. But he has to learn like you can't drop weight this fast. So what is our plan to get there if we do? So he has a thing called protein, protein, protein. And that's what he says. And my dad hates the saying, (laughs) but he's like protein, 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 go home, eat your chicken, eat your steak. And it just naturally sucks off weight while keeping me strong. How do you know about all of this? I mean, there's so many people twice your age who don't know this. It's awesome. (laughs) It's Since I've been around it my whole life, it's just lots of little secrets, lots of little tips and tricks. Um, And, like, it's like I've had diet coaches around me my whole life, basically. It's just telling you what you can't and can eat. And it's, it's, you have to be strong enough to know I can't, I can't go out with my friends and have, have burgers and eat fries and stuff. Sometimes you just got to like bring a little Tupperware of chicken and you just have to be strong mentally, you know, know that you're doing this, you're doing this for a state championship. You can have fun later after, like, you just got to learn. So you bring a Tupperware of chicken when you go out with your friends? Sometimes. They, they love to go out to McDonald's at like midnight. And of course, I can't have anything from McDonald's. Their salads are even unhealthy. So I bring just like a little snack, a little chicken, a little rice sometimes um, if I'm getting a little hungry or just like some rice cakes. Keeps my mind off the bad things and like unhealthy food that I, that I can't eat. So I'm like eating with my friends and I'm having fun enjoying it with them, but I'm just also watching my weight and watching what I'm eating. You also mentioned the team aspect is so important. I mean, that's one thing that seems really interesting about wrestling is it is so team-based, but it also is just an individual sport. Mm-hmm. Like, how do, how do those two things meld and work out for you? So when I go to tournaments, my nickname is like the lone wolf because I am the only girl on the girls team, which is literally just me. So I don't know why they call it a team. Um, But once I'm wrestling with the boys, that's my team. Those are my people. Those are my friends from my school. Um, So we all have to learn how to work together well. All the boys, they get to go to tournaments together. They get to wrestle duels together. So I don't get that experience with them. So the team aspect that I get from them is only coming from practices. So we just have to pick each other up. We do hard work together and it just builds our relationship, I guess. At the end of the day, it's an individual sport. You're stepping on your mat, on the mat by yourself. All you have is your two coaches on your other side. But it's nice to go back to a team. It might be interesting if you do wrestle in college to have a, you know, a group of women teammates. It's definitely going to be interesting because my coach likes to say I don't play well in the sandbox with others because <laughs> I'm just so used to being by myself. But I think I would enjoy a team aspect, especially of women, 
I think I would eventually get used to it and enjoy that. And they might be just like you anyway. Yeah, which which I'm excited to see. What have been the biggest challenges for you in the sport? I mean, I know it's a really tough sport, but there must be something that's particularly difficult for you. <sighs> so many. Um, it was hard in middle school and high school as the boys started to get stronger because there was no girls wrestling that I get to go to on the weekends. It was just strictly boys wrestling. And that kind of discouraged me and made me make me like hate the sport because I wasn't winning the matches with the ease that I used to when I was little. And when I got to high school, there was this one tournament where I walked out on this mat and this kid was literally like probably 6'2". And I had to like look up to him to see his face. We shook hands, ended up beating him. But it's just so... Oh, you beat him? Yeah, it was very surprising. (laughs) I love it. (laughs) But these boys are just so strong. They're so tall. And I, at that point, women's wrestling wasn't like a thing around me in high school my freshman year. So I I was kind of hating it, and I didn't know if I was going to wrestle my next year. But but as um, more teams around the area started getting girls wrestling, I stopped wrestling boys altogether, just then started wrestling girls, um, which was a little better. That was one of the difficult things. Um, another difficult thing, obviously just like, Starving to make weight, especially for national tournaments, as you're driving to like Oklahoma, and all you get is like three clementines a day. <laughs> it's not fun, and your dad comes out of the gas station with pizza sauce on his face. Kind of makes you lose your mind. Oh, that's cruel. Yeah, real cruel. <laughs> <laughs> What's been easy? What's been easy for you? My dad said I've always been like naturally gifted. At wrestling, I've had naturally good hips, so I guess it was easy that way. It's I've had a lot of connections, which a lot of people don't have. I've always just been, like, a level in front of most of these girls, so what they find hard, the new moves they're trying to learn – the new challenges they're facing, I faced when I was 10 and 11, even littler than that. And just the transition into into women's wrestling after wrestling boys for so many years, my strength is different than the girls. It's, it's like a win in a little ways, but they have the experience of practicing with, with girls every day who are bendy and flexible and I don't get that with wrestling boys. It's Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. That's super interesting. Well, let's talk about competition. Do you like competing? <sighs> it's hard to say. I am a nervous competitor. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter if I'm wrestling a first-year wrestler or or a world champ. I'm going to be nervous. It's just the fact that a two-time state champ isn't supposed to walk out on the mat and lose. And that just runs through my head over and over. Don't embarrass yourself. Don't don't let some nobody beat you or don't let this world champ beat you. Like, what does that matter? It's just the competition 
is hardcore and you can you can win a match in less than five seconds and I know that and I know that things can happen so I'm just always nervous but once I step foot on the mat and once I once I throw my headphones on and I'm kind of just listening to my music and have my game face on I just like kind of feel untouchable in that moment so you just got to be in your right headspace at competitions yeah, that mental talk before competition can be difficult. Definitely. Yeah. So w- what is your routine on competition day? So um, we get to the tournament. I go and weigh in. I have my, my cousin do my hair in a braids. That's just like a staple. Because my dad says when I don't have my braids in, I'm, I'm not really, I'm not wrestling really well so I just have to have my braids in my coach and I have these socks with chili peppers on them and we call them our spicy socks so we have to wear those to every tournament then from there I eat a little then get out on the mat we stretch out um, do some yoga and look like idiots and everyone is just watching us Uh, and then since I don't have any teammates I wrestle with my coach we just do our drills. We run over our legs. We run over our shots, go over our headlocks. It's the same every single time for every competition. Then we get out. We calm down for a little. You hear the national anthem, then it's ready to go. Put my headphones on and get ready for my first match. What are you listening to in your headphones? <laughs> Some crazy stuff. Like, I like some Slipknot in the headphones, some Rob Zombie, <laughs> some Corn. You really, you really gotta, gotta psych yourself out. Cool. Yeah. I like that you said that you were a nervous competitor. I am a very nervous competitor. So, have you learned how to manage those nerves? What, like, what do you do when those nerves get particularly strong, and how do you prevent the nerves from making you compete badly? You just got to fake it to make it. <laughs> so you can't you can't let it show on your face or in the way you're walking up and down the mat, pacing back and forth. You can't let them know that you're scared. Even though in your head you thought a million times about this girl beating you and just like knocking you down, you, you can't let them see it. So I've had a lot of people come up to me and say they've never been so scared of a girl like parents and coaches and wrestlers, because I guess they have a really mean face that I just throw on and just give them a, give them a good stare down and try to try. It's like you're trying to like force what you're feeling in your head onto them just all by your face. I like that. I got to adopt that one. (laughs) (laughs) Have you had a loss that like particularly bothers you that you remember? Or do you ever lose? Oh, I, I lose. Okay. Um, so, yeah, it's it's not fun. Um, so la- n- the prior year before we were at the shot, there was this one girl. Her dad is the owner of one of the biggest wrestling brands in the world. So I purposely traveled to her hometown um, to wrestle in this tournament just to see how she wrestles before the state finals. Uh, we had a good match. It was a really close match, um, but I ended up losing. And that kind of just knocked my head out of the tournament for the rest of the day. 
lost this other match that I shouldn't have lost. And then the two girls that I lost to were kind of friends, and they just came out in the hallway as I was just, like, breaking down and crying because it was just a really bad weekend and kind of just, like, taunting me. And this one girl say, oh, yeah, I stuck her. And after that, I was just kind of mentally done with wrestling. I took off practice that whole week. Um, and then my coach dragged me back in because we were about to wrestle districts. And you have to place top four to get to the state finals. So she wasn't in my district. Neither was that other girl. So ended up winning my district. Then it was on to the state state finals, and I knew I was going to run into those two girls again. So it was just running through my head all weekend about losing to those girls, um, and I knew I was going to see them. The main girl who I had trouble with the first time, um, she was on the opposite side of my bracket, but the one girl who pinned me, I was going to have her in the semis. So I get get to the semi-match, obviously freaking out in my head, but I couldn't show that. My coach was psyching me up, saying, she laughed at you, Jay. She laughed in your face. And she, she was talking about talking about how she whooped you, how she stuck you, and how you cried. And he just makes up, like, these fake scenarios. But this one was really real. And he said, let the dog out. I'm about to unleash you in, in, in one minute, 30 seconds. And it was like a, a countdown on the clock. Uh, got out there, pinned her, and it was on to the, the state finals match. <laughs> which was the the next day. Nice. Yeah, in the state finals match, I obviously had that girl again, whose dad was the one of the biggest names in wrestling. Everyone knows her name. Everyone sucks up to her, and I was the underdog. Nobody thought I could beat her. I was on nobody's radar, and yet I was in the state in the state finals. They call her names out onto the mat. Nobody cheers for my name, but they all go crazy for her. We shook hands and ended up pinning her in, I think, a minute and 30 seconds, and the whole place was stunned. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah, so it was just like a great revenge. That's a great story. Wow. Cool. So what are your goals long-term? Oh, long-term, wrestling-wise? Um, or otherwise. Otherwise? Well, wrestling, I guess, just want to make it through college for wrestling. If, like, Summer Olympics happen to pop up, I will attend if I if I qualify. Um, life goals, just want to get out of Ohio because it's cold. <laughs> um, if, I will agree with you. Yeah, it's, it's not fun. But want to go, like, by the beach somewhere. Um, maybe work in like law enforcement or like the FBI or something. Even though I've always been like interested in like acting or voice acting, I don't think that will ever happen. But it's always just a goal in the back of my head. I like it. I like it. Besides wrestling, you do a ton of stuff. <laughs> Tell us about that. And I, I thought it was hilarious that you said attempting to play instruments. Oh, yes, it's so bad. <laughs> <laughs> so like I have, I have a drum set in my room and I have four guitars, not really great at any of them. Can't sing either, but you know what? I sure try. It was just, to be a musician, that would just be so fun. Um, but, like, my whole room is just, like, covered in, plastered in 
music posters and just everything like that. So music is just like a big part of who I am. Um, but also I ride dirt bikes, race four wheelers, go hunting and fishing. Um, God, I love, love doing artwork of everything, like either like sculpting or just drawing. Um, play soccer, not very good at that either. Kind of just play it because it's the only, the only sport I can play with my friends. And that's that's about my hobbies. Cool, I love it. Well, before we get going, is there anything that I didn't ask that you would like to talk about, or I don't know, anything you want to tell listeners? Um, just. If you ever, if you ever have an opportunity to try wrestling, just get on the mat, go to an open mat with your friends. Um, and if it clicks, it could be your new thing. Just don't be scared. Don't be scared to try tough sports. Even typically male sports, don't let that, don't let that shy you away just because they're labeled male sports. Just get out there and do them. Well, thank you so much. This has been so awesome. I love talking to you. I can't wait to follow your season coming up. And thank you. Thank you for having me on. And this is just an experience like no other. I appreciate it. Thank you, Jaden, for being on Hear Her Sports. I wish you incredible success this season and well beyond, of course. Thank you to all of you for listening. I'm grateful that you're here supporting the show, supporting women in sports, and finding something for yourself to use while you continue improving on and off the pitch. I love hearing from you, so keep those emails coming. Let me know what you're thinking and what questions you have for female athletes. I also gladly take suggestions for guests email elizabeth at hearhersports.com. There's also a contact page on the website. Find links to what Jaden and I covered in our conversation on her show notes page at hearhersports.com. Hear Her Sports is a proud member of Evergreen Podcast. For more information or to check out other shows on the network, please visit evergreenpodcast.com. We are back to posting new episodes every other Thursday. So until next time, bye-bye. My dog decided to drop his bone down the steps. That was great. Sports stars. They're like superheroes. But they're actually real. Which is why we've made a podcast about them. You see... They've all got a story. But too many of these stories were cut short. Kobe Bryant. Payne Stewart. Flo Jo. Phil Hughes. Justin Fashionew. We're writing episodes about all of them. And sadly, many more. Death of a Sports Star. A new series from Crowd Network.